Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we are, it's public domainia and public domaination. Yeah. I think that you like the first one more, but you shook your head that It's way. all good now. Okay. I, I, we've done, what, 20 of these? Well, I tell you, it is all good because <laughs> you are back with us again in the land of the living. I am sort of the public domain of hosts. Would you like to explain roll your, your absence last week? Yes. I can easily explain my uneventful absence. <laughs> No, I was sick, but I'm better. Good. I'm glad you're better. Um, Aaron, this week we're playing two examples of public domain games. And in your mind, um, when you just hear the term public domain game, what is the type of game that pops in your mind first? Crap. That's the first thing. That's when, the first thing. When I hear right the word public it. domain, the first word in my mouth is crap. Mm. Because I came from a land where public domain equaled crap. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, little pirate A, well, not a kid, let's say, just out of college, little, little pirate, little pirate A. 22 years old. Oh, I, what a precious little fellow he was. But he would look at the public domain and scoff, turn my nose upwards, mm -hmm. laugh, ha-ha, roll on, because I was getting the real wares, yo. The yeah. stuff with a Z on the end. Right. Old school. The real stuff. If you were getting, if you were going out to your local... Uh, software house or whatever, and you were buying some public domain, you were lower than dirt. Yeah, yeah. But look now, my eyes have, I've seen the glory of the coming of the public domainia. Mm -hmm. And now there's, I, we've found some pretty good stuff. You trampled out the vintage, as it were. And then some garbage, too. Yeah. It's a mixed bag. Mm -hmm. It's a mixed garbage bag. <laughs> Boy, we, but we just keep cranking Don't these, oversell it, man. We keep cranking these public domain ones out. And every time we do, I, I you know, I love Mystery Science Theater, and that's, mm -hmm. I'm just like, man, is this going to be a, a diamond in the rough, or are we just going to mock this piece of garbage? It's going to be one of the two, and I can't wait. Well, before we jump into this week's games, Aaron, there's been a couple new articles come up on the old everythingamiga.com. Oh, yes. And the first one, and this actually was published last week, but I wanted you to be here to uh, to talk about it. This is Dreamcatch's take on the Rocky Horror Show oh, game. Man, and he's been, he was leading up to this for a month mm -hmm. with his various uh, Dreamcatcher uh, YouTube channel. You know, I love, I heard what you said last week about Rocky Horror. Whoosh, wrong. Rocky Horror is still awesome. It's always been awesome. And it continue to be awesome. Look at that meatloaf right there. Coming out of the locker. He's a thin guy. He oh, was thin back then. Listen, you know, Brent's got a jacket. He looked just like it. It's unbelievable. This is a great film mm -hmm. based on a great play. Great soundtracks all around. Love it, love it. A million times love it. Seen it a million times, can't get enough of it. Uh, you've got Tim Curry mm -hmm. in the lead, the lead role, the, the legendary role of Dr. Frankenfurter. You've got all the usual, usual suspects. And it's a great, great movie to have fun at because it's such a dopey film. And they knew that when they made it. They mm -hmm. knew what they were doing. And the, and the play is the same way. It's just for fun. It's for good times. They're not pushing some kind of crazy message. They're not 
trying to scare you. It's just wacky fun with great tunes, mm-hmm. you know. And so I know this has been uh, brought to the to the computer screen over the years. We actually on ARG we covered a uh, the Rocky Horror Picture. I believe it was on the. I think we put it on the C64, as I recall. Right. Uh, for, uh, back then. So I don't know how many different versions there were, but it was actually surprisingly not total crap, mm-hmm. if you want the truth. Now, man, Dreamcatcher laid on the pictures here, oh, but I don't yeah. blame him because the pageantry of seeing all these people in their underwear. Oh, Charles Gray. Now, who, who is tremendous. The, who is the, what is Charles Gray known for? Oh, boy. Well, he played, he played Blofeld in the Bond, in uh, at least one Bond film. He was also, if you watch the uh, Granada Sherlock Holmes, which is the Sherlock Holmes with Jeremy Brett, he played Mycroft, mm. and he played him brilliantly, I might add. Tremendous actor, this guy, uh, and a, a legend of British, of uh, the British stage and screen, just a great actor. Uh, uh, but uh, um, he, he, he goes down the sewer on this one to play this. He's also in the sequel to this, which was Shock Treatment. Uh, which I think is a good flick with a good soundtrack, but not, it's not nearly as popular as Rocky mm-hmm. Horror. Uh, but uh, this looks like the usual. Uh, uh, this looks like the usual wackiness from uh, uh, Dreamcatcher. So I would give this a whirl if you're into Rocky Horror. Hey, listen, everyone should be into it. It's a fun. It's fun. It's not for everybody. I mean, I'll admit that. But clearly, what what soured you on it, Boat, over the years? Well, you know, the music still stands up. The music's still great. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and and. and the thing is that you've got your you've got your movie soundtrack, then you've got your uh, the the uh, Roxy soundtrack. You've got all or you've got all the the various play versions. They released an album where they had clips, different songs from all over the world, a mm-hmm. big box set. Mm-hmm. Even I mean, and, uh, and this guy's name is Goo now, but at the time it was. And uh, Gary Glitter ended up well, it was Frank in like the Australian version. He does a pretty mean uh, rendition of some of those tunes. You've got a lot of different singers singing the parts, and, and they bring a lot of different flavor to it. So and if you don't like one soundtrack, you might like the other one. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, when I when I first got into this when I was in high school, I, I went real into it. Mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought it was just the greatest thing ever. And a lot of it was just sort of, you know, your, your rebellious teenager me being like, oh, it's a guy that's getting it on with a guy. Rebellious oh, yeah. Vote. Yeah, and, and, it, and a lot of this stuff is just... First of all, so many of this, so much of this stuff is sort of hackneyed <laughs> now. Like what was shocking back then is, is 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 not quite as much, and the scenes that were designed to shock back then are sort of tame now. And it's also they were pretty tame even back then. And, <laughs> and, and it's also part. one of these things where I have this aversion to like when lots of geeks like something, it makes me want to hate it. And I feel this way about Joss Whedon as well, where it's like so many you're like he's my Lord and Savior. Well, and it just I, it makes me want to not like it as much. It's funny it's like you that. should mention that. Normally, I'd I'd beat a sucker up, but because I you know I love Firefly, I mm-hmm. love it. However, I don't like Buffy, and I never have. And uh, and and his work on Avengers is sort of a mixed bag. So I'm, I I agree with you, uh, in part that I don't think everything he has touched it has the golden touch. And I can understand that like. Turn on Rocky Horror just on the basis that it was something you're wacky, t- you did in high school, and now you've kind of outgrown it or whatever. I can understand that. But uh, I urge you to revisit it and step back and watch it with Eve. I would like to be in the room for that, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that would be interesting. And, I w- and, and just enjoy it on the basis of its lunacy. We went and saw We see it live. It is, it's awful fun to see live yeah. in a group of people. I did that in college. It's you a know, good time. Well, I mean, as, you're, as an adult, not as a dumb guy. 
And look, we I'm did still kind of dumb. like me, me and Tree and, and uh, Uncle Larry went and saw this at, at Huntington a couple years ago, and it was a lot of fun. They do it in the outdoor theater too, right? It was, and yeah. it was it was on a screen. Plus, they, there's always people acted out in front yeah. of the screen. And that's you know? cool. You it know, is. I can get behind that. Yeah. Um, now, Dreamcatcher did put another uh, article up, and this one is all about Short Circuit. I hate this movie. <laughs> now, I knew that you would, because this is a movie that I <coughs> I don't want to watch it again, because I'm afraid that it won't hold up. But in my mind, this is one of the great masterpieces of cinema. Uh-huh. Uh, I, you know, I saw this probably when, I think this movie came out in 86. I probably saw it around 90 when I was about 10. And I couldn't believe it. It was a freaking robot that was talking and moving around. He yeah. had little butterfly eyes. Yeah. Plus, they danced to More Than a Woman by the Bee Gees. Yeah. Now, is this like Hook where you're like, I hate it. I only watched the first 20 minutes. No, I've seen the whole thing, unfortunately. Uh, I hated it. Why? Uh, well, right there. As floating by, I'm not the biggest Gutenberg fan. Mm. That didn't help. I don't like the whole... You know, this is part of the talking robot uh, invasion. Like that lame stupid... 8-track thing you've got? Hey, listen, that thing knows what it is. Well, it knows it's wrong. You, you can't you say the, on you the, the one fire hand... Back against port- you can't say on the one hand this is part of the lame robot crusade. They didn't make a movie you about were part 2XL. Of they should have. That no. would have been great. This is that, you know, like E.T. like type uh, wacky adventure this is, this is basically like if E.T. had a little <laughs> bit more advanced vocal capabilities, this is basically E.T. But they weren't just, yeah. I mean, there were multiple movies like this. Yeah. Batteries Not Included. And, yeah. Uh, what was that? What was the one where the, uh, the with the... Mac uh, and Me. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, I mean, yeah. why not? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah I'll throw thing. them all in there. I, I'm with you. You know, right. and then, and now I love Ali Sheedy. I believe that, that's yeah, the chick that's saying this. Yep. Uh, I, I, hey, I always liked her. So, you, I mean, what are you going to do? But I just didn't, I also, they, it's got that wacky voice. Hey, blah, 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 blah. That's That's how crap. I learned. I still quote this movie all the time. You know? I tell I, I, my students, <laughs> I'm like, wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? And I say it in the Johnny Five voice. They love it. They I used to watch it. a show on uh, ABC called Wiz Kids. Those guys had a robot. Riptide, the two guys that lived in the boat and investigated crimes, they had a robot and a geek that traveled around. They what had about their own the personal song? Geek. So there was this era of, there was this thing going on where you had to have robots and you had to have nerds. And the nerds had to be nerded up. And this, this movie's got a nerd in it too. It's got geeks. It's got nerds. It's got, every, it's, got, it's got robots. It's got everything you don't want. Okay. Listen, if you're a geek, the last thing you want to do is be personified on TV by a guy with a proc protector, shirt buttoned up to his neck, and a guy walked around with a robot that talked like a geek. How would you like to be personified? Like I am. Suave, sophisticated. <laughs> You know, that okay. kind of guy. Well, this song has a great ending theme. Who's Johnny? Who's Johnny? Yeah, that is a pretty good movie. Yeah. That's a pretty good song. I like I'll that give song. You that one. So, Short Circuit 2, not, no. a, not good. <laughs> Are you not kidding good. me? That is probably one of the most traumatic events of my life was yeah. when I saw Johnny 5 get demolished with two guys <laughs> with baseball bats. They just go to town on poor old Johnny it's 5. Just, it's just like... Uh, uh, it's just like office space with the printers yeah. that they insert yeah. the Johnny Five. Right, there. I like that. <laughs> Actually, I enjoyed that. So, oh yeah, and there's also the remember he watches all the movies and then he's tossing that washer. Yeah, and he's, I remember. You got no friends no more. That oh. sh- that shtick. I love it. Get it out. I love it all. You're bad mouthing Rocky Horror, but you're praising that geek. I am a strange man. Yeah, man. no kidding. All right, Aaron. That's it for the site news this week. However, I've got a sneaking suspicion that next week there's more to come over at everythingamiga.com. But we'll say more about that next week. Ooh, Let's move on. Foreshadowing, eh? To 
the gamble train, Aaron. The gamble train's back, and it's happy to see you. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it missed you last week. The gamble week. train ran me down last week. <laughs> well, the first cab on the gamble train is a new game by your boy, My Hank bo Nyborg. Oh, 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 <laughs> sweet Lord. I love the Nyborg. Yeah, yeah. So it's a new course, game for the Amiga? Hang on, no. Uh. Hank Nyborg, most famous as a uh, coder programmer for uh, Lionheart, uh, has is back with a new <laughs> pixel art adventure. Oh man, that looks awful good. Yeah, bro. this is called Battle Axe, and it is, <laughs> <laughs> it is currently being kickstarted right now, and they are very close to their goal. Uh, their goal being a forty-nine thousand. Or I'm sorry, their goal being fifty-two thousand one hundred seventy-two, an oddly specific number for a goal. I've been funding um, a battle axe for a long time myself. When's this thing gonna pay off? <laughs> and so uh, they are forty-nine thousand in. So they're very close. If you are interested in backing this project, <laughs> let's see. If you pledge fifteen bucks, you or I'm sorry, fifteen pounds, you will get a digital edition of Battle Axe. Clearly, the, the Nyborg crew have have uh, played a few games of the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons arcade game. That's what this looks, sort of looks like, doesn't mm -hmm, it? Mm -hmm. Oh, man, this looks good. Now, what is this for? Is this a Steam game? So this is going to be Steam, oh, your PC, uh, Linux, Amiga, Switch. Amiga? PS4, I'm sorry, not Amiga. Would you stop doing that to me? <laughs> PC, Switch, everything but Amiga, basically. All the modern platforms this thing is coming out for. What a um, ripoff. Come on, Nyborg. Yeah, I love you. It is very unfortunate that... If uh, we get this up to like 60 large, can we get an Amiga version? Where's the stretch pay? goal? We'll pay yeah. extra. Clearly, yeah. we've all got tons of money. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, next up, this is that looks Retro great. Recipes. This uh, guy yeah. has done a new uh, film about who, can an 80s computer beat a new one at chess? And this is Amiga versus Mac. So... Um, we always lose these. We all, because this ain't uh, the the kitchen guy. I like how they, uh, okay. <laughs> I thought he had an arrow drawn to the yeah. Mac computer as if we needed that. <laughs> Which one is the modern computer here? I the kitchen tell. guy is not the first dude to do the old uh, let's play chess enter between computers because a few years ago someone did this and the Mac, uh, as I recall, beat the, beat the Amiga down. Mm. So and I, I got a bad feeling we lost this one too. Well, I wonder if it has something to do with the actual engine. He's using Battle Chess, and perhaps Battle Chess not the most advanced AI compared to something like, I don't know, Chess Master or something else that was available on the Amiga at the I'd, time. I'd be wondering if... What, I wonder what the most advanced chess simulator on the Amiga was. Did they, we didn't get a Sargon or anything. I can't remember. I don't know. I don't we haven't done know. any That's chess games, question. have we? No, we haven't even done battle chess on Amigos. To before. be fair, they should do if they're doing which is the cooler looking chess game, battle chess. Oh, Look at that yeah. geeky. Look at that. The Mac game looks like crap. It does. The battle chess looks so much better. When you take so. a pawn and that nothing happens. Right. There's no death. And this, you've got to suffer through a 45 second animation every single time. Suffer? You I mean, enjoy it. Moving on. Nostalgia nerd. That's what Retro Mankey said. That's who did it. Thank you, Retro. Johnny on the spot. Up next, we've got another video from the community. This is Jan Beta. Um, and uh, this oh, is... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, this is a video about how to transfer files between your PC and an Amiga. So he goes through all of the compact flash solutions that are out there, all of the different uh, yeah, ways Yeah, that's what I, I use that. Around. I use the old compact flash with the... Uh, uh, PCMCIA gimmick. Now, now, what's easier? Because you've done both these things. You know what I do? You know what you hear? Here's how. Here's the easiest way to do it, sucker. I got the old uh, 
uh, uh, SD card inside my Amiga, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't have any of the screws in my Amiga. You either. got an SD card inside your Amiga? Oh, yeah, I got it. Oh. Remember, uh, one of our good buddies sent me that card. I've mentioned it hundreds of times, but he sent me that jack card. And so I took, I went, I had a SD, I had a uh, IDF, IDE to Compact Flash gimmick. Mm -hmm. I just went and got me a Compact Flash to IDE gimmick too. Stuck it in the other adapter. Oh, okay. So when it's time for me to do a lot of file manipulations, I open my Amiga like the hood of a freaking car. Mm -hmm. Reach in, go pull it out, stick it in the uh, PC, do my little gimmick. Suck that junk over, put it back in, good to go. I love it. I yeah. love it. That's see, I can't make a video about that because it looks bad. What it is, makes you look like a loser no. when you do it that way. What is the what is more difficult, transferring files to the Amiga from the PC or getting a classic DOS computer running through uh, with a USB stick jacked full of games on it? Which is what was the first part of the question? Which is what getting a compact flash card set up on the Amiga yeah. or doing what you did with the USB stick? Compact full of flash games. on the Amiga way harder. Is it? Oh yeah, mm. way harder. The P the DOS thing just required some sleuthing. Mm. I can do sleuthing. You are sleuthy. That's right. <laughs> Hang on, sleuthy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mutation software. Oh man, it doesn't. What does it mutate? <laughs> <laughs> well, it mutates into a series of physical Amiga games. It mutates your money into something. <laughs> yeah. Right? So uh, this is uh, this is a series of games re released by Mutation Software, and these are actually being released early next week. So we're sort of jumping the gun on this story a little bit. I guess this is probably two weeks away, but it looks <laughs> like if you are into buying physical new games for your Amiga, uh -huh. uh, you got you, you got Tin Toy, Tommy Gun, Castle Kingdoms. Ooh, they sound good. Uh, Wiz. Are these all new games? I don't know. These are all these. brand new games. They're all coming out at once? Yeah. Well, I think there's a there's sort of a staggered release date here. But the first two are being released Friday, March 6th. Uh, these come with a box, of course, and um, a <laughs> drinks coaster and a poster. A drinks coaster. That's the CD in there. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you are into this, you can check out. We got uh, prices on these bad boys. Uh, you know, uh, there is. It's $12.99 for the physical. And uh, ADF only five ninety nine. So if these are good games, that's not a bad price. Okay, uh, I, yeah, I, it, that's I'm assuming that's not including sh shipping. I know, I'm sure it's not. But uh, but anyway, what are these games we got? What a tin toy. Mm -hmm. We got uh, Tommy, Tommy Gun, Gun. Mm -hmm. and what? Keep going. Castle, Castle Kingdoms. Kingdoms and Wiz. Right. Okay. Hey, that, that might be interesting to have a look at some of this later yeah. in the line. Man, yeah. it's crazy. All this stuff, it's wacky time. It's just, it's just a mass release, mass exodus. Right, right. I like it. I see you even saw some of those were OCS, so they're not, they're not all. Not all AGA, yeah. Next up, this is not directly Amiga-related, but I wanted to bring it up because what this auction here? is ending tomorrow. So if you're uh -huh. listening to this after the fact, you will have missed it, but you can still check it out and see what it went for. Uh, Retro Man Cave, uh, a couple months him. ago, uh, did a trash to treasure on a BBC Micro. I watched Along that. the way, yeah. uh, he had a fascinating lecture in the history of computers in England. It was, yeah. it was marvelous. <laughs> yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah. A couple episodes. And, uh, and so he is actually auctioning off this very BBC Micro that was the subject oh, of, of his video series. You handsome devil. You know, what's the money go to? Okay, well, this is uh, the money goes to. 
Uh, I, it's a mental health charity, but I do not know the name of the charity because I cannot see it. But I, oh, Mind, there it is, Mind, and they are a mental health awareness charity. So, oh, oh that's Danny. Good yeah. job, Neil. He's ha he's in chat right now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you, Neil, for uh, for for doing all this charity work. I mean, it's super super impressive. Between this and the uh, and the calendar, I mean, he, you're you're retro gaming's Mother Teresa. Man. Let me let me ask you a question. What do you figure a BBC micro would go for normally? Oh, I don't. I, 50 pounds. So, because he's got 21 bids on this thing at 300, around 300 pounds. Yeah, yeah. That seems to me, now I'm not a, I don't have a BBC micro, but that seems pretty reasonable, man. Well, just here, right out of the gate. Here's the thing you know, you get not only are you getting a BBC <laughs> micro that you know is in good working condition, you know who to but beat it's up. also, it's also been caressed by the loving hand yeah. of Retro Man Cave. Yeah. And the money you pay for it is going to a good cause. It's a win win win. And if the thing, if something happened to it, you know who to, you can voice your displeasure right there on the internet. That's yeah. right. That's Neil right. will have to respond because of his image. He'll have to say something. That's a good job, Neil. Well done. All right. And finally, one more video from the community this week. Oh boy. This is our, our friend Jim's play Jim plays games. Uh, most uh, famous in my life for making the Elite 2 tutorials that I love. Yeah, he does uh, he's, good stuff. He's got a little video about how to get perfect pixels in WinUAE. Now this is something that um, when we first started doing the show and we used to do our Amigos plays together, people used to get on me all the time because I just embiggened the window. Yeah. And, and my You're pixels an were, yeah, my yeah. pixels were not perfect. Yeah. If Whoa. this is something, Whoa. yeah, if this is something that bothers you and you want to have perfectly square pixels or uh -huh. whatever the Amiga was originally ratio wise, uh, he takes you through this video and this is not a short, oh, it's about four minutes long, so it's not super, super long, but he takes you through all the steps necessary in WinUAE to get that perfect aspect ratio so you can play the games exactly as they were. WinUAE is a, is, is a powerful tool but a harsh taskmaster it demands yes. your attention. Yes, absolutely. Good job, Jim. All right, Aaron. I love Jim. He does good stuff. That's going to yeah. wrap up our Amiga news this week as the gamble train pulls slowly away. Uh, let's talk about the first game of the week. You want to talk about Super Dodge? You want to talk about Pingo? Pingo you first? already got it up. That okay. sounds good to me. Pingo let's, it is. Let's Pingo it up. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the old Pingo you arcade. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this thing. So... As we dive into the public domination, you've got our first offering this week from the uh, Game Selection Committee. This is Pingo. Uh, year released 1994 boat, so well mm -hmm. in. Uh, this came on a disc or, a, or just a disc. Now, I will say rather gate, one thing that appealed to me is that this allows two simultaneous players, which we'll get to that in a moment. I'd love to try this out. Coded by a fellow named Martin Rabas, who's only, uh, as far as I could tell anyway, his only other project was a game called Motorola Invaders 2. Wow. So yeah. this is when the, the CPU wars were hot and heavy. Yeah. This will work on pretty much anything as far as I could tell. <clears throat> ECS, OCS. It also has a, uh, uh, the ability to take advantage of the AGA chipset. It also can toggle between NTSC and PAL. Very, very good amount of options. Yeah, yeah, so he did a good job. It also has uh, uh, full instructions laid in, including hints. If you go through the function keys, it's got hints. He's got stuff on thanking people. You can access the high score table and and whatnot. So the back, the flavor text, both the backstory because you got to have one. The evil horned, highly improbable and quite badly drawn creature known as the Sa Sa uh, Sarva Buck. 
has kidnapped Pingo and Pinguina's kids. Pinguina being introduced, but mm-hmm. now... So the uh, Pingo in the arcade, and there's no Pinguina. Not that I... Well, I mean, that series went off in a weird direction. Mm-hmm. Now Pingo and Pinguina must set out on a dangerous journey into Sarvubuk's Ice Pyramid, where their kids are being held hostage. That's the back the backdrop for the uh, adventures of Pingo. So, uh, before we delve too deeply into this, let's talk about the arcade game. This is loosely based on Pingo. Uh, developed, I didn't know this, but developed by an outfit called Coreland. Did you know that? No. Uh, and published and released by Sega in '82. Okay. You know, I love this game. Have you ever played an arcade version of this game? The first game I ever played on Mame uh, <laughs> was Pingo. Oh, I see. Yeah, your brother came over, installed Mame on my PC, and he fired up Pingo. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, my, my brother's also a, a fan. Mm-hmm. We both are fans of Pingo. This didn't get a whole lot of ports. I was surprised when I looked over this list. The ones listed here, anyway, according to Wiki. Uh, Atari 2600, the 5200, which I'd be, and the Atari 8-bit got a port. Have you played the 8-bit version? How is it? It's good. And the Game Gear. So Atari spewed it over their platforms, and that was about it. Um, In the arcade, of course, you can only play one-player hot seat. There is no two-player angle to it. And it's pretty much a game where you go around and try to smash snow bees with ice blocks. It's a sliding block maze game where the maze will change after every level. Uh, there are also three diamonds in the arcade version. If you get those together, that ends the level and gives you bonus points. As it doesn't end the level, believe it or not, it actually kill. It's it stuns all the snow bees. You can run around and run over them and get the points for them, and then end the level. So, it's this game is obviously an homage to the arcade game, uh, and it, there are certain elements that play like the arcade game. But this game has a couple things that kind of differentiate it. Um, so in this game, of course, you play Pingo or Pinguina, uh, and you start on the sort of towards the middle of the screen, and then all hell breaks loose. Uh, you are in this ice maze. You the button does slide the ice, but the snow bees in this are running at double speed. I they mean, really this game is in turbo mode. Yeah, and so unlike in the arcade where you can sort of jockey for position or determine how, the best way to proceed. Uh, at a, sort of a slower clip, because Pingo is not known as being a super, super fast game. Pingo, the Amiga version, it's run, 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 try to find somewhere to f- hide and start trying to kill as many of these things as you can as quick as you can, mm-hmm. uh, because there gives you no time to ponder anything. Right. Uh, the, this game does include the uh, the uh, special ice characters, which are d- like rubies, I like her in this case, or diamonds. You want What do you want to guess on that one? I, I always thought about them as jewels, like jewels, a ruby. Jewel, yeah. like a ruby. Uh, you have to get these in a row uh, when you do that. It ends it ends a level. The funny thing is I've noticed that when I would do that, uh, it, unlike in the arcade where it would kill all the, it would stun all the snow beach, you could get those points. This just ends a level, and I ne- so I never tried to do it. It was super duper dangerous to try. And then. Well, yeah, unless you really know what you're doing, the fact <laughs> taking your eyes off the enemies for any reason in this yeah. game is not not a smart maneuver. Yeah. Now I noticed that the enemies are have a pattern, and the pattern changes um, when the ice changes. But until it does, they will run in that set pattern. So one thing I learned early on, strategy wise, 
was to dig a chunk out of one of the ices, like sort of in the middle of a wall, and you could duck in there and they would never come in. Oh, okay. And so it, this isn't as great a, an epiphany as you think, because I still would get slaughtered routinely. Because you get, have to venture out to actually right, try and win the lottery. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the snow bees in this, well, let's just cut to the chase boat, in my opinion. This game plays too fast. Mm -hmm. There's a good game here yeah. that they that they've sort of sullied with the speed. I agree, a hundred percent. Really, you yeah. had the same impression. Yeah, especially because you know I fired this up and I was like, all right, this seems really fast, but maybe I'm just. It's been a while since I played Pingo, so I fired up <laughs> Pingo and I was yeah. like, yeah, there's no question that this thing is playing way too fast. Yeah, and 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 that the thing is, there are aspects of this game that are different than Pingo. And you're probably asking yourself, what's different? Well, the pattern of the snow bees, or whatever they're calling this, is different. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, these guys do a set pattern. And so what you can do is you can effectively trap these guys in certain areas. Mm -hmm. So if you could trap two or three of them in one area, you have free reign of the maze, which sounds great. And it is. The problem is this game regenerates bad guys a lot quicker than Pingo, too. Mm -hmm. Pingo will eventually regenerate some guys. But if it, one thing, see, Pingo at the end of the levels, it just they it just sort of ends mm -hmm. like the guys will leave and then right. you finish that level. It's a it's a little bit strange actually. I always thought that aspect of the game was weird. One thing this game doesn't do that Pingo does, and no Pingo clones do this, and it always makes me mad because it's an integral part of playing the arcade game. In the arcade, <clears throat> when you're up against the the wall, the mm -hmm. perimeter, shake the wall. You can shake the mm -hmm. wall and stun your pursuer. Right. It's integral to the point that you're you have no escape. Mm -hmm. and well, so, it's like a smart. It's almost like a smart bomb type maneuver. Right. But do. I mean, it's 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 not it's not a game breaker, no, and it and no. it's part of the game. This game, like so many ripoffs, doesn't have that feature. And mm -hmm. so when you get caught on a long straightaway against that wall, you're toast. Right. And there's no getting around it. There's the Pingo don't shoot, Pingo don't throw bombs, Pingo don't do jack squat, Pingo gets himself killed. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it, it that's frustrating. Um, occasionally you will see um, uh, bonus goodies float down from the top. Uh, most notably, I would see pizza, but occasionally I would see a one up or a piece of candy or something like that. Uh, if you get these, you get bonus points. There also will be a, like cherries around. You can eat those for bonus points. You can also, if you're quick enough, if you kill a guy, if you trap one of the bad guys in a spot where he can't move, he'll drop a rainbow. I did that a couple of times, mm. and you can get bonus points for that. You can also, uh, if you kill a guy, sometimes he'll leave behind like a score, and you can smash the block that he's under, and you'll get a bonus. So there are some good hidden bonus areas in this, which is cool. If you get high enough in it, you get you get to a point where the walls are basically unbreakable in certain areas. But I only did that a couple times. I, I have to say, I uh, for someone who's I consider myself a pretty good pingo player, I was only able to get to say tw level twelve or thirteen yeah. of this most of the time. You know, this is an odd game for me. Pingo is an odd game because it's one of the few games that I I respect what it is and I know that it is a good game, but spatially the idea the pushing the blocks and things i just can't make my mind work that way i have a real hard time playing pingo and most of the time i blame the game and i say this is a crap game but pingo is one of these that i know it's a good game and this game was a million times harder than pingo so i did not do well at this at all i really wanted to like this and i gave this uh extra uh attempts this week to try to w let it win me over mm -hmm. uh, because there is something here oh yeah it's absolutely just, 
the pro I'll look like Gamma says her way just to turn down the, the speed. Mm -hmm. Because one thing, and you don't, and the thing is at lower levels you'll never see this, there are different types of snow bees, they act in a different way. And so you can, and so that's kind of a neat aspect. That's the same thing with, uh, in, in, as in the arcade. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, these guys, another thing the arcade was, was cute. Mm -hmm. Even the bad guys were cute. This isn't cute at all. No. Pingo's not that cute, and the snow bees are weird looking. Yeah. So yeah. they lose now, that aspect of it. Let me ask you a question. Did you get to any of the bosses? No, no, okay. absolutely not. Okay, did, did you look at a YouTube playthrough to see what they no. look like? Okay, I'll tell you what they look like. Yeah. Um, you know in Bubble Bobble, how they have when you get to the bosses and they're huge and they basically just sort of float across the screen? Yeah. It's exactly the same effect in here. So you've got different types of monsters that are just big. <laughs> you've got one of the bosses is a big version of one of the Snow Bee guys. Uh, of course, one the, the final boss is the, uh, the, the, the big whatever his how name is. How far do you have to get in before you get to a ball? There's a ton of levels in this. Game. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, I'm I'm surprised I didn't see one. I thought I did pretty well. I guess, yeah, I guess not. This, you know, I watched um I watched the full playthrough, the whole game. Uh, the guy that we're watching right now, this is Hipponius. Uh, this guy's great at this game, by the way. Um, and uh, this game is almost Sokoban like in the way that, in a way that Pingo is not in the way that you you're manipulating the levels, like you said, to trap the guys or to get them to do different things with their pattern. There's one of the bosses, oh, okay. by the way. Um, that and, is underwhelming. Yeah, and um, but anyway, I was just I kept thinking about this is this is more of a block pushing game, you know, to to uh, either trap the enemies and, and push the gems together than it is to like the destroy <laughs> the enemies type game. Yeah. So it's hard for me to really say that this is not a good game. I think that it is a good game. I wish it was slower, and it's not really Pingo. I mean, it, it is, but it's not. This, if they'd slowed this down a little bit, this could have been a releasable game. Mm -hmm. Oh, one thing I do want to mention that they did have, it's got a hopping version of Popcorn that plays, which I'm sure is it's that the name of the song? because that's the Pingo song. No, Pingo's song is a whole different song. See, Pingo actually shipped with several different. I mean, you yes, you probably heard Popcorn, uh -huh. but there Pingo actually shipped with like a, several different tunes. Okay, and there's sort of a Pingo song that's not Popcorn, and there sort of is okay. one that's Popcorn. This one is uh they this is I'm this I'm sure this is a mod this guy just got uh from somewhere, but it's it's I mean hey. I call him like I see it him. Does, it sounds awesome like music. it sounds like an Amigaified version of. I, I thought I, I wasn't aware of the multiple tunes of Pingo, but I fired up Pingo because I was like, "Is this the song?" And it, and it was the song that played. Pop, so. Popcorn is is a great song. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, you don't hear it. it was kind of a big deal in the eighties. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was in so everything. it was like it was like an actual song, not just a song. Oh yeah, from a video yeah, game. that's a real song, Popcorn. Okay. Yeah, look into it, but I'm okay. surprised you wonder. But overall, I, I can't recommend this one due to really? the speed. Uh, it's just it's. You I would not recommend it at all. I mean, it's worth a look. I mean, if hey, if you could handle the speed, and I tried playing this a couple different methods to play in it, and I overall it, it was too, for me. From and I, I, now, I will say I'm coming from a Pingo background, and uh, this ain't Pingo. It's just not as good, and it could have been as good. They were close. Yeah, and there's a lot of polish that went into this. Yeah. Like you said, all the different hints and things. This is one of these games where the guy tries to throw the guilt on you right away. I don't know if you read the opening screen, but it's like. The, your, your registration name and name has been hard coded into this code in several places. I saw so that. You, and it's like, come on, you know, <laughs> nobody's coming after you. What is this guy, Martin? He's going to hunt you down? Like, give me a break. Like, just tell him, hey, I worked hard on this. Please don't share it, you know? Like, well, that would make me, this is another one of these things. It's just like the last PD game we played where it's like, that makes me want to pirate it more. The thing I is, I mean, like let's that. face facts. Uh, and again, as a, a dirty, rotten, stinking, filthy pirate, 
Uh, I didn't care what they wrote. So, but I mean, it, they were, so they were just trying something different. They've begged, they've played, they've asked nicely. Nothing works. Nothing works. No, everyone's a scumbag. Yeah. I brought the Amiga down. I'm sorry, everybody. Sorry <laughs> about that, guys. Anyway, uh, this actually did get a couple reviews. Really? Not. Of course, Lemon gave it a 7.38, and apparently the one reviewed it, giving it an 88%. Okay. So there you go. So this got a pretty wide release if the one I was, one I was, was on surprised. I, I was surprised by that one. So what do you got from our uh, esteemed colleagues on this All one? All right. We got a couple, uh, couple reviews here. Uh, Pixels at Dawn writes, This is a difficult one to review. It's not a bad game, but it clearly has its flaws. And while it uses the mechanics of Pingo, it's not really a good Pingo port. It moves too fast, the levels are too crowded with blocks, and the enemy AI is pretty bad. They frequently walk right past you as if they're on a path. That said, it looks and sounds decent, and it's pretty fun. Not a bad little time waster. Six out of ten. Mm, yeah. And Graham W. Vebke writes, I am not that into Pingo, so it was a stretch for me to enjoy this four out of ten PD game. The game looks fine and it kind of plays like Pingo, but the formula has ch been changed for the worse if that was at all possible. Way too fast and too busy. Mm. So they they agree with us for the most part. Yeah, I would say. yeah. I, I, it it could be made better. I mean, it wouldn't take much. I would love to just see it go about a two thirds speed. If they would have just put a speed throttle on there, saying you want you know slow, medium, or fast or something like that, that would have made a big difference. And I knew when I was playing it, I was like, I know there are people that are good at this. Uh, uh, but uh, I, it's just too fast for me. And I would I, listen. Give at least give me the uh, possibility of slowing it down. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I I know my limitations. Yeah, I think. Well, let's move on to the next game of the week, Super Dodge. Super Dodge. Uh, I had a lot of fun just obtaining this game. Was no for uh, Dirty Right. <laughs> Did you not? Oh, I guess you, you you probably weren't checking Discord. <laughs> Pixels actually made ADFs of both these. Oh, really? Well, I plays. just I downloaded it old school and just stuck it on the machine. I uh, 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 this is this game is the lost game. It's not on Hall of Light. It's not on Lemon. It ain't nowhere, brother. It's on Aminet. The it's only the thing only you can, the only at. thing you, way you can find this thing is if you if you type in Super Dodge, all one word, like Amiga. There, there's one guy that did one video of this mm -hmm. that's up, and yep. that's it. I'm sure it's the video it's you've the got video I've right got. now. So this is a game uh, authored by a fellow named Chris Underwood, <clears throat> a one to two player uh, with simultaneous play uh, extravaganza. Uh, and it uh, gives you some options for difficulty speeds, slow, average, uh, fast, and very fast, which a little pictures of turtles on it, which mm -hmm. I did appreciate. Uh, you also get difficulty settings, easy, average, and difficult. And this basically uh, is the very the how many obstacles are going to be in your way when you play the game. Um, I, this game was found on AmyNet Set Four, so if you're looking for this. Uh, you can go there to find it. If you're looking for AmyNet set for it's there, and I did download it from there, and it does work. So there you go. So what the hell is this, Boat? <laughs> uh, this, is a, uh, this is a game where each player controls a, a, basically a line. Mm -hmm. Okay? And your object of the game is to, st is to get your line from one side of the screen to the other without hitting anything, and you have to get it out the door. All right? Uh, the first player, it's a two-player simultaneous game if you want it to be. The first player uses uh, the left mouse button to travel up and lets go of the button to go down. Okay. Right. The, if you're playing with two people, the two, second player will use the joystick button the same way. Mm -hmm. That's the game. Uh, you try to get from one side of the screen to the other. When this game first booted up, having, of course, no idea what this was, 
I had no idea what this was. And I kept just, my line would just keep going down. I'm like, what the, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, then I grabbed the mouse and sort of figured it out. Uh, but I ended up reading the text that came with this thing, but well after I'd played it. Um, I always played on slow, and I always played on easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game is hard. Uh, it has some... I read people that found it uh, real entertaining. Uh, to me, it is... Uh, it was just sort of... It's different. I mean, I will say that, but I mean, you're moving a line across the screen, uh, and you and hitting it when you need to get past obstacles. It's just it, there's not much to it, to be honest with you. When you hit stuff, I will say the author put in orchestra hits or wacky sound effects. It's your typical, yeah, Amiga soundboard. It, it type was absolutely mm-hmm. typical, like what you would find in a sample pack mm-hmm. of, if you had to put one together. Uh, what, what, just give me your first impressions or your thoughts on this thing, Boat. Well. It's hard for me to be entirely impartial about oh, this game. It is? Yes. Why? Because the first time I saw uh, I saw um, Super Dodge was when I when I first arrived in Ireland, in Amiga Ireland 2019. Okay? It was the yeah. first time I saw this game. And I just had this ultimate great welcome where I walked, you know, Paul picked me up at the at the bus station. I walk in, Figgy gives me a big hug. I see Edvin, and everybody's gathered around Super Dodge. And I sit down and I play Super Dodge. And this is one of these games that if you're playing it with somebody <laughs> and you're sitting down right beside them, and, uh-huh. you know, it, it, it makes a big difference. The fun factor goes through the roof because you both are doing, you know, it's simultaneous and you both have the same challenge. However, you might choose a different route through the, through the maze, you know, as it were, to get through it. I, it's, it's clear from your description that I like this game much more than you do. Um, th- to me, this is, this is what all PD games should be. Obviously, if you're if you're doing public domain software, you're probably not going to have an art department working for you. You're probably not going to have a music composer and all this stuff. But what you can do is do something that's different, that has really, really good gameplay. And this, of course, is a very simple game. It's as simple as it gets. It's literally, you know, a line and some geometric shapes. It's very, it kind of reminds me of like an Etch-A-Sketch or something like that. Um, but... You know, the the actual experience of sitting next to somebody, throwing back a few cold ones, you know, in, in chat and playing Super Dodge. I will always associate this with, with my first time at Amiga Ireland, and I really, really like this game. There's not much to it. You're right. I, I found not. that on the second or third uh, difficulty settings that it, you would get the points that were all but impossible mm-hmm. because of the random layout of the... Uh, of the obstacles that had been put out there, like they would sometimes it'd be so close you couldn't even angle down. Right. Well, but, they, are, but the the thing is, these are these these levels are all <laughs> randomly generated. Right. So if you get something that's impossible and you're playing with somebody else, well, it's impossible for them too, and then you just die immediately, and a new level comes. I up. understand, but what I'm saying is that sucks from a game maker's perspective. Now I read the breed me that came with this. And the guy was like, "Listen, I, you know, I made this game a long time ago. I don't feel like working on it again." It's sort of jacked up. Eh, I don't care. And I was, which is fine. So this guy just kind of did this. That's right. great. But it's flawed. Like, it's got, I mean, what's the fun of just ramming a line over and over into obstacles when you literally don't have a chance to even succeed or fail? It happened to me. I mean, so you, that's why I never, ever didn't go play up with the, on the lowest difficulty because the other ones that just happen too often. Mm-hmm. 
uh, the speed. I mean, I tried more than with the going up and down a little bit with the speed. On the you can get away with it some. It's just like anything else. Sometimes you can get away with it. And sometimes you can't. Right. It depends on what the layout is and how patient you are. You know, I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and kill it. And here's it's, the thing: like, what else is like this? Okay, and that's worth something to me. That's worth something to me. Well, you know, I, I, it's it's not the worst thing we've played. I'm not. Oh my killing. gosh, no! This is this is this is far from the worst thing we played. But it's, this kills Walker. This kills Walker dead. No, no. I mean, I'm not gonna dignify that idiotic thing. But uh, uh, it's a it's sort of a game that sort of works, and you can sort of play two people. That's about. To, that's about the limitations of it for, for me. Well, we, we strongly disagree on this. But I mean, one. you can't deny that. No. Everything I said is true. You can, you will okay. occasionally not be able to do anything. Yes, that's right. You will occasionally ha be able to have a nice, fun run. You occasionally won't. But I mean, ultimately, how, how, what's the staying power of a game like this? I mean, really, how long are you going to sit and play what's this? What's the staying power of Flappy Bird? I hate that too. <laughs> okay, so this is not the kind of game for you. You can go home and you can play the games you like, but for people that like this sort of thing, that like procedural generation, that like something different literally every time they play, this is up your alley. You should check this out. Eh, you can. Okay. It's just an unfinished game. Now, I'm sure that there are no magazine reviews for Super Dodge, right? No. <laughs> No, I didn't find any flavor, fun, good times. I couldn't find anything about Chris Underwood either. I tried. I, I did look. I reverse searched uh, Chris Underwood's email address. Wow. And I came up with... That's called um, stalking. Yes. And uh, he, he uh, did a level for Worms Director's Cut. Okay. Oh, okay. And he wrote a, a nice little article that goes along with that level. And that was all I could find from Chris Underwood. Someone sent me a link to uh, Facebook where they think they found Chris Underwood on Facebook, but I, I, I decided not to uh, to stalk him any further in the real world. I will say this, as a peacemaker, okay? I think that this is a unique play concept that could be fleshed out into something pretty interesting. Oh, as it, could... it stands now, you've got something that uh, is underwhelming because it's been given little attention. Yeah, okay. How's that? Okay. I mean, I think the whole move a line through a maze it's it is different. I'll give you that. I mean, I'm not I'm not here to bury it. I'm here to praise it. Uh, let's see. We got a couple um, <coughs> reviews from the Discord folks. Uh, Pixels at Dawn says the Amiga has a few good party games, and this is one of them. Just note that the single player is really just practice mode. The concept's super simple. Use one button to control your line's direction and get to the exit. It has the same tension and heart-stopping moments as Tron or Snake as you try and make a last-minute turn to avoid a collision. Everything else is very simple, and hence the appeal doesn't last forever. But even though it can sometimes randomly generate some impossible levels, both players face the same issue, so it's fine. Best played against someone of similar skill with a crowd of shouting people behind you. Alcohol optional. 8.5 out of 10. Uh, yeah, something tells me alcohol is not optional. <laughs> I have a feeling I see these people that have written these probably played this with you, didn't they? You, you might be right. Yeah. You might be right. Graham W. Vebke says, what's not to love about this 9 out of 10 PD game? High marks from Graham. I had a blast playing yeah. this at Amiga Ireland and a blast revisiting it again now. The controls are simple. Even my mother could play this. Click and hold the button to move up. Don't press anything to move down, a.k.a. Flappy Bird style. Oh. Uh, this game has tension, humor, skill, and I love watching the different paths everyone takes to achieve their goal. Best played with another person. This is pure gold. And finally, Figgy CTZ says... 
We, which is Reflection and Me, used to play this for hours back in the mid-90s. Picking it up again 25 years later, one might presume it wouldn't hold up, but oh, does it hold up. It holds up like an MF'er. We play this at every retro bit fix, and it's usually the game that generates the most applause, screaming, and random human noises from the people playing it. This is one of the simplest and best couch games ever created, easily a 9 plus out of 10. Wow. So you're Clearly, the, I'm out of the loop on this one. <laughs> but again, if you're playing this, if you're sitting in your room playing this by itself, the appeal is going to be very limited. Well, yeah, but I can sure. play anything, get liquored up, and have a good time. Heck yeah, you can. Well, I'm not going to base my score on your liquored up. <laughs> Social event. That's your prerogative. That's like saying, I'm going to give my performance at Rock Band a 10 out of 10. I would. That's the best. But if you recorded it and then played it to the, a sober band of nuns or something, they'd be appalled. <laughs> you know never what I'm know. They might like it. Yeah, I doubt. They might be down with Max. Nobody's down with my singing. I don't know why. I love it when you sing. <clears throat> well, thank you, Bert. Um, all right. Well, that's going to bring our public domainia volume 271 to a close. What do you rate this public domainia on the on the on the uh, grand scale of our other public? This domainia? was definitely better than the last one. The like last I'm, one was the dirt worst. I think Pingo was the game to pick out of these two. No, and it's not that great. No, no, and and the world disagrees with you. But this was definitely the better world, than the liquored up world that went to the convention. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the, did any of those people that tried to not go to the convention? Listen, if okay. you want to continue to call out members of our community for I'm leaving just, disingenuous reviews. That's saying, your prerogative. I'm just saying. Um, last time we did Choctress and... Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, it was horrible. Yeah, it was, it was all right. Horrible. You're right. I'm turning this corner. Um, last week, uh, when I was here by myself, uh, I sang a song uh, and there were three people that got it right. Okay. Did you, did you, uh, did you guess this one? Or? No, I didn't guess this one, but... Uh, I, this was Hello, It's Me. Are you familiar Todd with that Rundgren? song? Todd Rundgren? Yeah, Todd Rundgren. Hello, It's Me. That's right. Yeah. Didn't think I knew that one, did you? I, no. Come on. I've got more respect for you than that. you got to be down with Todd. I am down with him. Um, Pac Billy got that right. Uh, Paul Marfleet got it right. First uh, time I who? think we've heard from Paul. Paul Marfleet. He's the leader of the Marfleet? Yeah. Man. And Tenmark. And Tenmark leaves a little um, Todd trivia. He says Todd Rundgren did a video entirely on the video toaster yep. back in the day. Remember the name of the video? Nope. Change Myself. Yeah. I've seen it many, many times. He says not one of his best songs, really. No. But it's cool that it was entirely done on an Amiga. Todd is one of these people that peaked early and got bad. He's a, a but time. one thing he's a, a big time producer. Oh yeah, well, yeah. he produced Skylarking for XTC. Yeah, and he's a great guitarist. But I, I I find that his early '70s songwriting was at its peak. I concur. All right, we got some new supporters this week on Patreon. Aaron. We I could use all the support I can get. But Mr. Cola has joined. I us. know Mr. Cola from uh, Pixels uh, Stream. Right, he's and a great fellow. Jurgen. Jurgen. Now it could be Jurgen, but it could also be Jurgen. Do we know the? Uh, where this person's from? Uh, yeah, he's because that would matter. He's right? from the Netherlands. Oh, okay. Well, does, that I don't know. does that influence your? I thought maybe it was like Swedish and stuff. That would be. I think that's Jürgen, a, it's, right? it's the same. I think it's all. Is the it same the same? Sort so, what was area. the second one you said? Jurgen. I'm going to go with Jurgen. Jurgen. Okay. <clears throat> it could be the Kurgan from Highlander. Remember that guy? Uh -uh. What did he do? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. You haven't seen Highlander. He chopped people's heads off. Isn't that what they all do? Well. <laughs> Valid point, but he did it with panache and style. He was jer evil. Is jer he the one that was Russian. played by Antonio Banderas? No, huh? Antonio Banderas wasn't in Highlander. Oh, he was in Zorro. Big, wow, big difference. Zorro never cut his heads off. It was like, yeah. I guess it's hard to yeah. do that with that little. With a, yeah, that'd be. 
hit the poker head. <laughs> that would be tough. All right, so here we go. If you know this answer to the Amigos uh, Patreon song challenge, run! Okay, you can email me at john at amigospodcast.com and I will read your name on the next episode. Jurgen, Mr. Cola, Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zorglum, Commodore Kid Jorgman, Nudson, Terry Howard, Reflection, Simon Lesh, Cap'n, Crispy Kilobytes, and Caffeine Mike, W. Deckard, Threepwood, Gary, Heather. Free lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobs, Terminator, Ten Minute, Amiga, Retrocast, Bernard, Quinn, Retro Man Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Calletta, Rob O'Hara, Howard Nibs, Matthew, there are more, Andy Craig. Sean's O'Connor four one nine Bark Bid Roland Burke Andrew Monks Joe the Zombie John Cook Leaf Kellon Alan Kebab Chicote Level Lord John Marshall Matthew Perron Ricky Drosha Creepy Dead Boy Figgy C to Z The Slow Norris Stephen Sorgan Mortensen Edmund Helen Blindo seventy five Christopher Hassel, Rabbi Abbott, Chris Folds, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux, Graham, Bebke, Lane, Denson, Adam, Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Huckasee, Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Tapes from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THG, Eric Nelson, Kim, Tommy Humberstein, Daniel Bingston, Brother Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. Very good. I got I got nothing on that one. All right. It sounded like some sort of tune. Thank you. So I mean that's, that's a high break. That's all I can that's give you. For it. All right. What's next week? Next week it is uh Buggy Boy. Buggy Boy. All right. I've, yeah. I've heard a lot about it's Buggy a game, Boy. Yeah, it's a game we've actually heard of. Yeah. So that's that's good. Uh, Cameron Armstrong. I picked this. Uh, oh. Amigos Game Selection Committee member. So we uh, appreciate Cameron for um, suggesting this to the committee, and we appreciate the committee for voting on this. Uh, on Patreon, if you're a member of the Amigos Game Selection Committee, you vote on the games that we play each and every week. And we appreciate all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. All right. Well, you know, before we go, but Okay. God bless you. It's, what is today? Tell everybody what today Today's is. Today's Valentine's today Day. Today is Valentine's Day. I wasn't going to mention it. Now, draw in close, but because okay. I, you know, God bless you. I love you, my son. And I hear in my hot little pants. Oh, wow. There you go. Come here. It's been warmed by your Happy loins. Happy Valentine's Day, Thank you. Boat. Look, I like you very much. That's right. Aww. That's so sweet. Thank you so much. And it's Elmer chocolate. That's my right. Favorite. Only the best for you, Boat. Yeah, and it's made in the USA. Well, I know. They won't let me get the other kind no more. <laughs> they, said, they said I was breaking import laws with the amount I was having shipped in. It can't be healthy. 